Hey everyone, welcome to Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. We are your hosts, Eve and Sasha. Today's topic is first relationships. Ooh, hoo, hoo. So Eve, do you remember your first boyfriend? So it was tricky because I went to an all-girls school and so you had to import boys in. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it didn't seem to be a challenge for most of the other girls. But for me, I, no, one, no one got imported for me. Let's put it that way. I guess I was in my 12 or 13. I got, quote unquote, online. People That was surprised. early. You were really, I mean, wait, 12 or 13. That was back, I don't even know. I can't 80s. Get numbers. It had to be, I mean, 12 okay, or How did you get was... online in the 80s before the interwebs? <laughs> well, there were something called bulletin board systems, BBSs. Ah, uh, Yes. And as you could imagine, in those days, most of the people on BBSs were boys and were geeky boys who didn't know how to talk to a girl. So I, I don't know if it was intentional that I said, well, I can't talk to boys, so let's get on these systems. And it was all typing and it was messages and then it was chat. And if you could get on the chat, which is 24 baud, you know, the, the bzzz, you know, rings up, it had like five lines to get into the BBS. If you got in, you were like golden. And then you said, hi. And they said, hi. And you said, how are you? And they say, okay. Um, but somehow I became sort of the queen of the geeks because there weren't many girls. That's a, that's a fun place to be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. It got me online at an early age. Um, and it also got me, I guess, comfortable with dealing with boys as friends mm. because I didn't sort of go into it saying, I'm going to get myself a boyfriend. I'm going to say I'm, I'm a only child. No one talks to me. All my friends have boyfriends. I'm just going to go online and see what happens. And I, I, you'll laugh at me. I had parties at my house with all the geeky boys. <laughs> Wait a second. So these were boys <laughs> that you met on the bulletin board that actually came to your house in real life? In real life. Wait, so you had random <laughs> young boys come to your house. And some of them older. Some it, of them older. Oh my God. Didn't your parents freak out? You know, in retrospect, they probably should have. Yeah. But but they didn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe mom sort of said, my God, at least there's some boys in the house. Right. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. Finally. Um, so you were about 12, 13? Yeah. And so I met all these boys and I became friends with them. And then I guess I really didn't date anybody. I mean, it was all my girlfriends were losing their virginity, which we'll talk about another time. And they're all dating people and going to dances and nobody was going to a dance with me. So junior prom posed an issue. Yes. <laughs> and I, there was one nice guy. His name was Patrick. Didn't talk much in person. He was very quiet, very cute, very blonde, very non-geeky. And I invited him to prom. Good for you. Sometimes that's a good thing, right? <laughs> he was pretty to look at. He was. I actually found the picture recently and it's like, how, how was he a geek? He was tall. He was cute. He looked good in a tuck. I wouldn't consider him my boyfriend, but he was, he was a boy I went to prom with. So you had that. You had I had some, that. Something. Yeah. Did you have any, did you date any boys or who did you take to your first prom? So at my high school, our prom wasn't really a traditional prom. It was more like a, a dance. We didn't have dates. We all went as, as a group. So I went with all my girlfriends and we just kind of all danced. And because it was such a small private school, we just didn't do the prom thing quite in the same way. So you didn't, you didn't have any first dance and a boy? No. And oh. in fact, gosh, I mean, really my life before college was pretty much me pining after a lot of the senior boys, right? So yeah. I'd be in ninth grade, 10th grade, whatever, and just have 
have these massive crushes on the boys a few years older who didn't pay any attention to me, didn't know I existed. I was pretty shy in the, the boy department. You know, I went to this small private school in DC. The kids were kind of fast or whatever the word was back then. <laughs> you mean, you you know, mean they were jumping into bed with each other early? Yes, there was a fair amount of promiscuity, let's Ooh. just say, but I was the you know, I was not part of that crowd at all. And I, I didn't even kiss a boy really seriously until college. So before we jump into college, mm-hmm. all I can think about when you're telling me this is 16 Candles. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit like that. I mean, I definitely related to Molly Ringwald in, in 16 Candles and just, except I never had a Jake. Yeah. I never had that guy who sort saved of, you at the end. No, I didn't have a Jake. No, in fact, one of the people that I had the, probably one of the biggest crushes on in high school, who I will not name, it turned out to be a little bit of a like a bad guy. Like he did some uh, questionable things with some girlfriends, different girlfriends of mine. And so I, in, in a way, looking back, I, I'm glad I didn't get myself into any kind of trouble. At the time, I felt like a big loser, but you know. <laughs> Isn't that funny, the perception that these days with Me Too and all of the things that are coming out and all the women who've had issues, isn't it funny that when we were kids, we thought that we were wrong if we didn't have a boy who liked us? 100%. And yeah, so Brett Kavanaugh, um, in fact, went to one of the private schools near near me. And um, I knew a lot of that. I knew a lot of that kind of boy. We would go to these big parties that, that were thrown by boys from another all boys school. It was touch and go there. There were some very um, iffy things that happened, but I was in a similar boat, but I don't think I noticed. I think I was really, really naive as a kid. And because I, no one gave a shit who I was, I didn't have to worry about that. Right. Me too. Exactly. <laughs> but going to an all girls school also must, must have been very different in terms was. of relating to boys. And, and in terms of, you talk fast. Um, I wasn't friends with the girls who, I mean, I was friends with geeks. And, yeah. and we are still lifelong friends. They all showed up at my 50th birthday party, which is random. So nice. But there were a lot of sort of quote unquote bad girls. And, and they went off. There was a little um, thing behind our school. I forget what it was called, but it was a lounge. It was a senior's lounge. And the, it went away the year before I got to hang out in it because they were all doing coke in it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and they were yeah. getting the coke provided by the boys in the neighboring boys' school. But that sounds pretty accurate. But a respect. call out to neighboring boys who were bust in. You know who one of them was? Who? Kevin Bacon. Oh, you're, he went to one of your, he went to a school that was your boys school? He went your, to one of the boys schools and he, he acted in our theater. So did there you was, meet him? Did you? I know he was older than I was. So I thought so. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a, probably in his mid fifties. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. He was down the street acting in our little barn. So six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Exactly. You came close. So your first boyfriend, boyfriend was college? Yes. Yeah. How'd that so, well, okay. So I went to Tulane for two years and I, you know, had a lot of flings, but I was a virgin. I flings. was, I had not flings in other words, like, you know, makeout sessions, things like that. But I never had a, an actual real boyfriend and I was a virgin until I got to my junior year in college. I had transferred to the University of Wisconsin in Madison and I started working at a coffee shop and I became friends with a whole group of kids. We all worked at this this one coffee shop uh, cafe in Madison and I met this guy named Alex. He was the, the cook in, in this cafe and he lived in a group house and in this group house was this guy. We'll call him Charlie. 
Okay, for, Charlie. For, for the sake of privacy. Okay. And uh, Charlie, I discovered, had a crush on me. Ooh. And I was just like, oh, this is exciting. He's adorable. He's from this little town in Minnesota. He's a little bit of a like an alternative boy, really into music. And he became my first boyfriend. How long did you guys date? Probably not that long. I, I, it was probably all told off and on for maybe nine months <laughs> or so, maybe a year. There was there was a lot of dramatic breaking up and getting back together. Ooh. And yeah. Um, and he, uh, so after we broke up sort of for the final time, I, I kind of had it with his antics. He was a little bit of a (laughs) man about town. Um, he ended up breaking his jaw because karma, karma, well, it was horrible. He was riding his bike and the front wheel of his bike came off and he broke his jaw. And so he ended up having to have his jaw sewn closed. And then I went and visited with him and his parents. Like he, I went home with him and took care of him and helped him drink through a straw. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was, I was really into this guy for but, a But long he wasn't, time. if he broke his jaw, at least he wasn't kissing other people. <laughs> he was not kissing other people. We did manage to kiss somehow. <gasps> it was a labor of love. <laughs> So once his jaw healed, then you continued to date? No, by that point, I kind of was like, ah, this, this kid isn't good for me. You know, <laughs> he's, he's sending me on an emotional roller coaster on a, <laughs> on a regular basis. So we stopped dating and I started dating this guy that he was friends with. I don't know. It was a lot of, it was a lot of drama and um, there was a lot of <laughs> angsty music. There was a lot of music from like 4AD. Do you remember 4AD, the Cocteau Twins? And yes, um, very angsty 19, at the time, 1990s music that just was like the soundtrack to my, to my last few years did, of college. Did, did he make you mixtapes of it? Oh my God. He made me a really good mixtape that I wore <laughs> out, like literally wore that, wore that mixtape to, to, into the ground. Hey, I think that was a signal of, of boys who liked us then is that they would make us, they'd sit by the radio, you know, they'd record it or they'd, they'd it was a labor of love to create a mixtape back then because it really was. Yeah. You couldn't just drag a link and, and burn it on a CD, even though no one knows what a CD is anymore. So I, I, I dated, I guess he was my first date. I guess Patrick was, but he really did. It wasn't a date. But I, I had a boyfriend who also came from the bulletin board system and he was older. Not only was he older. How much older? Uh, two years, three years. Okay. He was out of high school. Ooh. He wasn't in college and he'd been arrested. <laughs> and your parents were thrilled, <laughs> I'm sure. He lived in New York and he was thankfully arrested as a, as a child. Uh, he was arrested for internet. As a minor, yeah. As a minor for um, stealing on the internet. <laughs> stealing on the internet? Yeah, back in the day, I guess he got some credit card numbers or something and he, I, he bought things with other people's stuff and they found him. But on the bright side of someone <laughs> like that, he had the ways to get free phone calls. <laughs> he was in New York and I was in Philadelphia. And so he was, I guess, back in the day, they called a freak, hmm. phone freak. Oh yeah, P H R E H. Yep. K. Yes. And and he got the codes for used to in order to get free phone calls. You had to be through a system that I guess businesses used. And he he could whistle the tone that blew the operator off the line. It was like the sexiest. Thing ever. That's so hot. Oh my gosh. 
And well, so yeah, he he did that, and and we would talk, but you know that you know we'd fall asleep on the phone. Did you ever fall asleep on the phone with a boy? No, I never really had the patience for anything more than I don't know, maybe thirty minutes. <laughs> I was never really a big phone call person. But but what's so interesting, Eve, is that nowadays, huh. you know, everything is recorded, everything is photographed, everything is like there permanently. Mm-hmm. And I just think back from the times, you know, when we were in college how awful that would have been Yes, to have just all the drunk nights of doing stupid things and have having that all memorialized or worse or worse. I mean, back in the day for me, I was, you know, the only way to meet boys was online and they didn't ask for pictures. So it's never like, you know, the worry of you're getting a nude or you're getting, you know, people are sexting you, which is a big deal now. And we didn't have phones, we didn't have cameras. So when we went out and did things, nothing was captured, which is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, in a way, it's kind of like, oh, that would have been cool to have some some photos of of those times. But on the other hand, I'm kind of glad that that we didn't. (laughs) I did a lot of stupid stuff. (laughs) See, I think I, I... I don't think, I think I was the good girl. I don't even know if a man I want to call you Even in college? Mm-hmm. Even- I don't think I had that many boyfriends. I'd like to think that it taught me something that not having a whole ton of people that I can't remember, because I can remember each of them, put me in good stead, but then again, I'm divorced. So maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to say what, what twists and turns, you know, these relationships will lead us into. And I mean, I, I felt like I made up for lost time by the time I hit my early twenties. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to get some experience under my belt because, you know, I didn't lose my virginity until so late. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to date all these people and have experiences. And, and I'm glad I did because I think that it made me sort of realize what I wanted and, and, and get to the point where I, when I finally met my husband at age 40, I had had a lot of experiences and knew what I didn't want and knew what wasn't good for me. And, and I think it, it, it was a positive thing in the long run is was to take as long as I did to get married. If kids these days <laughs> had to go through, I mean, I think they just, they speed up. They're, they're getting grown up too fast. I think we were able to delay it like a lot of things for a while until to some degree we were ready. And I don't think that's happening now. Kids are already so far beyond where we were. Well, that's definitely true. In fact, I heard someone recently tell me that their 15-year-old daughter, 16-year-old rather, now has a vibrator. <gasps> Wait and a minute. Wait a minute. How do they have a vibrator? At, how did she find out that she had a vibrator at 16? Um, I think they talked about it. I think this is this is her mom. She was like, oh, hey, mom. Whether she got it on the internet, whether a friend gave it to her, I don't know. But at, at age 16, I barely knew what a vibrator was, much less the idea of actually going out and purchasing one. Because you couldn't obviously get it on the internet back then, so you would have had to have gone to a sex shop, and that was not going to happen. I mean, if we did go to a sex shop, we just w- went in and just laughed at everything and, and pointed and acted ridiculous. I cannot close my mouth. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, get your, yes, I know. <gasps> I didn't, Jesus. Yeah, we're going to get into sex in another episode because that came late too, but yeah, I I liked the, a little bit of the innocence. I think that we had. I I don't you know. No, I, I agree with you. I I think there's I I I think it was a more innocent time in yeah. a lot of respects. But there was also, 
you know, a lot of things that were going on back then that weren't talked about. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the the awareness that there is now of coming from the Me Too movement and coming from what it means to say no and teaching teaching young young men to have more respect for women and teaching young girls to have more respect for their, themselves and yeah. to learn their boundaries. I think when I was at least in high school, I know a lot of my girlfriends um, did things that they didn't really want to do because it was something they thought they should do. Did you feel pressured back in the 80s to have a boyfriend? I definitely wanted to have a boyfriend and I felt really crappy that I didn't and that no one seemed interested in me. Actually, the the two times in my high school career, this is kind of funny. Well, the one time the one time in high school that I actually felt popular was when I was in Model UN. Ooh, ooh, sexy. It was super ooh. sexy. I was in Model UN. I got to go to New York as a, I think I was in 10th grade. Um, my country was Belize. <laughs> and, and, and at the time, the way that we communicated, the way that all the people, all the kids communicated was just like we'd write little notes and then there was like someone who would run the notes around. And so I got all these notes passed to me like, you're cute. Can, like, can we meet up? Up. My name's so and so, and I I was like, this is amazing. Please <laughs> actually like me. I can't believe it. Yeah, what, that was so pretty cool. Did you? What happened to the guys who sent you the notes? Were they losers? I did hook up with one guy. Oh. I have to say, we had a little. We had a. Little, he came to my hotel room. <gasps> um, I think we were at the Hilton in New York or something. One of those big crazy hotels. He came to my hotel room, and I did see his penis. You've never told me this. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know. Virgin. Okay. I was still a virgin. It was it was all virgin virgin virginal rather. But it was just I like showed it to you and said, take a look. No, no, no. We were we were messing around. We were like making out and his pants came off and just just it. came off. Just well, happens. you know what I'm saying, you know. But I think this was yeah, this was tenth grade and then we and then when we got when I got back home, we continued to write to each other. Oh yeah. I was pretty pretty pleased with myself after that you just yeah, that reminded me we've talked about briefly that i went to computer camp <laughs> yes how could i forget <laughs> and there were not a lot of girls at computer camp as you would expect and there was a boy i can't remember his name and we became like buddies we'd spend all day in inside <laughs> When the sun was out because inside, no, no pool. Like you weren't in the pool. You weren't doing horseback riding or. We were programming side by side and I was a little geek girl and he was a little geek boy who was actually not so geeky. And we would go out to the cantina at night with all the other geeks. Did you have frozen Snickers bars? I don't even know what they had, but I remember going to the cantina. I remember hanging out with him and I remember being devastated when it ended and he would send me tapes. And one of the songs on the tape that he sent me was Missing You. Do you remember that, John Oh Waits? yeah, that was such a good song. And it was like so, so emotionally, like, so, so much feeling. I was 12 or 13 or whatever. And, and I'm getting these sort of love notes. And then he did come and visit. Like, I don't know how my parents allowed this to happen. I have and you my, were how old at this point? 12, 13, I guess. I don't know. A lot happened when you were 12 and 13. I guess so. This I whole world so. of like the internet and computers just <laughs> opened up and and you became the queen, the queen. I became the queen. I became the queen. But he visited and my bedroom is upstairs in my parents' house and it is joined by a bathroom to a guest room. And he was in the guest room. <laughs> and he 
snuck in, I'm sure. Didn't. He didn't. No? He was terrified. He, he was scared of your parents, absolute. which is understandable. I think he was terrified of the whole thing. And so he'd come into my room and we'd sit next to each other and we'd look at the computer and we'd Google and that was like about it. But I remember the the missing you. And every time that song comes on, even now, I'm 50 years old, I think of that guy. I don't remember what his name was, but it was so cute and so freaking innocent. That's so sweet. And yeah, it's that is adorable. That's just really, not really how sweet. it goes anymore. Do you think that any of your first relationships taught you anything? I think it taught me not to be afraid of boys Mm. because I met them on a totally different plane. So there was no looks involved. I mean, I was terrified that, you know, I'm not as cute as the rest of the people in my class and and corduroy pants that rub together and, <laughs> and all of that stuff. And so to be able to, to share my brain, and I was a pretty good writer back then, I was learning to be a pretty good writer, that sort of removed all that need for anything physical or anything sort of you're, you're so beautiful, or you're not beautiful, or you're a geek, or you're not a geek. It was just sort of kids talking to each other. And so I'm, I'm, I think I'm happy that that happened. Because if I was alive, if I was a young kid these days, and everything had to be done the way it's done now, I don't think I'd survive. I don't think I could ever meet anybody or have the confidence that they have now mm. to meet somebody. So I mean, slow and steady ruins the race <laughs> to that degree. And at least I'm, I'm grateful that my first First free boyfriends, you know, we call them boyfriends or crushes or whatever they were, were nice and treated me well. That goes and a long way. It goes a long way towards towards not being a a dick as a grown up. <laughs> um, I married, you know, I married late, even though I divorced late, but I married late because you sort of you want a certain picture. You want someone who doesn't treat you like Barbie, mm. and, and I think that came from being a kid. About you. Yeah. Oh, I date a lot of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but what did it all teach you? Now, I mean, you talked about you married late. It took me years and years and years to sort of stop dating people that were bad for me. I think I had, it was sort of coming from just not such great self-esteem. And so much on the, you know, whereas you were connecting with people based on common interests and sort of an intellectual connection, I was definitely meeting people on a really superficial, Mm. they thought I was cute. I thought they were cute. Let's, you know, go from here as opposed to really having a a strong connection over something other than the physical. And so it took me a long time to realize how, how unimportant Mm -hmm. some, a lot of that was. Um, LinkedIn, ironically, brought one of those boys back into my life a couple years ago. I received a LinkedIn request and the name, so this is also terribly, terribly geeky. So don't judge me because they all had really geeky like radio, not radio, like like video game names, like the mind Like Boomer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, they were terrible. And this guy's name was Gravedigger. Oh, did he have <laughs> lots of, I don't know, tattoos and no, things? No. no. My Sweet 16, before any of the girls came, a couple of the geek boys came, three of them. Mm. And they were all sitting in chairs and I was sitting in a chair and there's still a picture. We found the picture of me and these three geek boys, one of which was this guy. And he was tall and skinny and quiet. Again, like most of the boys I met were like that. And you know, we were friends. It was kind of cool. And then we fell out of touch. We grew up, went to school and all that. So he reached out to me and I had to look at his name on, on LinkedIn go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're like, I know who that is. And, and what he used was, was the perfect word. So don't laugh. My handle was schoolgirl. 
naughty schoolgirl. <laughs> no, see again, innocent. I didn't know that schoolgirl was like a bad connotation. Oh, I was like, I'm a in school, so I'm a school. Oh, I'm a school. Oh, you're so sweet. And they called me schoolie. Mm. So I get this note from him, and I accept it. He goes, "Tell me, this is the Eve Simon that was schoolie back in the Bolden Board days." That is so so sweet. And so we became friends, and we became Facebook friends. And now he, we actually met each other, having not seen each other for twenty plus years, a couple years ago. And now every time he sees some really weird Oreos. He puts them on my Facebook wall. That's like, adorable. It, it was just like, so those friendships, crushes, can persist. Yeah. You clearly um, left an impression. So since Sasha and I have bared our souls a little bit here, we thought it would be cool to hear some first relationship stories from a couple other Gen Xers. So first we have Leah from the Good Girls Talk About Sex podcast. My first relationship was when I was 17, a senior in high school. I had never been kissed and I was desperate to finally find out what all the fuss was about. There was this boy, but it took a while for us to, for him to finally ask me out. And I was so excited because he was finally going to kiss me and I was finally going to know what all the fuss was about. And right before he kissed me, he leaned over and whispered into my ear, I just want you to know. I'm not a good kisser. And I was devastated. <laughs> not because he wasn't a good kisser, which for the record, he wasn't. He was the like, stick his whole tongue in my mouth and wave it around thing. But because I had no experience to relate it to, ultimately, I actually think he kind of did me a favor because I didn't enjoy it. And what if I had gone in thinking that he was the best kisser in the world and I was just the one who was faulty for not enjoying it. But regardless, it was disappointing. We ended up dating for, I don't remember, three, four, five months. And at some point in there, I told him that we should have a conversation about whether we were going to have sex or not, which was totally laughable because he had never even touched my boobs. Literally, all we had done was kiss. And I'll never forget his response. He said to me that I should be the one to make that decision because I had the most to lose. And that did not make me feel very wanted. <laughs> we never did have sex. I don't think he ever actually touched my boob. But what did happen was that maybe six months after we broke up, came out of the closet and, and suddenly everything made sense. And then there's my designer friend, Derek, who narrowly avoided being set up in an arranged marriage by his traditional Chinese parents when he was in high school. My parents, so they were they were arranged. But I kind of think that our parent generation, there was a sense of obligation involved. Now, here's the thing that I am thankful for. The families that my parents tried to set me up with, I explained to them, are you sure you want me to do this? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm thinking, well, think about it. We're, you know, the families are very close. Let's say things go sour. That just fucks it up for everybody. And they're like, why being so negative? I say, I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. One of the people, one of the girls that they wanted me to kind of set up with, as kids, we knew each other growing up. So that was just, that alone makes things really weird. But then, yeah, when it got to that point, it's like, what if for whatever reason something didn't work out? Or what if, you know, we see each other at parties and at houses and barbecues and stuff and we all get along great, but when we get into that relationship dynamic, what if I turn out to be the weirdo in her eyes? Or what if she's like some stuck up whatever? Or, you know what I mean? What if our personalities just didn't match? Because we don't really know each other. That's a pretty big risk because that all hell can break loose. They totally gave up when I found my first official girl first year college. 
Okay, I shouldn't say it like that. It was the end of the first year of college when I met her, but we didn't actually get together till like the beginning, maybe midway through the second year of college. Thanks to Derek and Leah for sharing your stories. Do you have a story or show topic you'd like us to talk about? Feel free to drop us an email at hello at genxstories.com and be sure to subscribe to Gen X Stories on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Instagram at genxstories. And if you happen to dig what we're talking about on the show, we'd totally love a five-star review and your comments if you'd like. Everyone has a Gen X story. What's yours? <laughs>